everyone, and welcome back to She's All That Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1999 examination of popularity in high school, She's All That, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And we are at minute 16, which begins with Zach saying, to tell you the truth, she kind of, uh, she kind of blew me off. And I have it going through Zach starting to say, not in response to his dad asking if it's weird to not have heard from any university at this point in the school year. Before we do anything, we ended recording uh, the last five minutes, and then I remembered something I wanted to mention uh, that I completely blanked on. Oh, And that is that Anna Paquin is Canadian slash Kiwi. She started her life in Canada and moved to New Zealand. And so... When she speaks, it's with a Canadian accent, but she has also a, a New Zealand accent that she can go into, which is... That's wild. Yeah. Like, that she go, that she can go into just as naturally yeah. as, as her... Like, she basically has two voices. Right. And the, something I was reading on, on IMDb was, like, she used her Canadian accent for this movie. And I was like, what's this? And like, I went back to, to see what the hell they were talking about. And yeah, so she's... When has she used her New Zealand accent? Because I don't think I've heard that one from her. Me neither. I don't know that she has necessarily, which is wild. Like, it means that she always uses another... It could be a thing where it's like, she uses... She mostly, like, in public talks with... a. You know, no accent slash Canadian accent. Yeah. And then when she's in New Zealand or around New Zealanders, maybe she sort of falls into it a little. Right. Maybe. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe the New Zealand film industry just isn't big enough. Well, I feel like the only reason for her to use that versus the more, I'm going to say generic. Yeah. Like, I, like how British accents are kind of generic for any European accent in yeah. movies. Yeah. You know, she uses the more kind of generic accent that doesn't immediately call you out as, oh, you're from this place. Right. Because she hasn't played a character who is from New Zealand. Right. But... As as far as I know, I mean, maybe, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I suppose it's possible that she has, but and and I'm just not aware of it, but interesting. Mm. It would have been a wild choice for her to use her New Zealand accent to play (laughs) Freddie Prince Jr.'s younger sister. (laughs) Why are you talking like that? (laughs) Well, it does appear just, I mean, she's wearing like a school uniform. Yeah. So it appears that she goes to a different school from him. We don't know she didn't go to boarding school in New Zealand at some point. That's true. They would have had to have written that into the script. That's true. For, for for it to make any sense. I guess they wouldn't have to. They could just let us be confused. I, I figured that she was dressing up. To, she leaves in this minute to go to her friend's house because her brother broke out of military school. He's so cute. He got kicked out, yeah. <laughs> kicked out, yeah, yeah. I was like, he escaped? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, he got kicked out. <laughs> doesn't it? And, <laughs> and I thought, I, I had, I guess, that she it was like a uniform for his benefit i guess oh maybe in a weird way i don't i honestly it's been so long since i've seen the movie that i don't remember what she's wearing when we see her at later times yeah to know if she's wearing the uniform again but she definitely was wearing like a private school like plaid skirt button down shirt yeah 
that like it was definitely a school uniform or or at least modeled on that. Right. Right. So. And she's like putting on eyeliner. It's basically like she's going to a craft cosplay party. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've brought up the craft a number of times in this in this podcast, but, you know. If in you this see po- it, I don't think you have in this podcast. I have because I said that the um, that Misty was uh, like a was acting kind of like a craft reject. Yes, that's right. That yeah. was this podcast. But anyways, so um, that is Anna Paquin, and so uh, what cracked me up about the first bit of um, this minute is that Zach doesn't appear to understand the concept of common interests with a love interest. Like, right. find, like he doesn't understand the, like, he, it's not like, oh, I don't want to do that. Or I don't know what her common, what our common interests are. It's do what now? Which right. was baffling to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. He seemed utterly confused that she was not interested in speaking with him. Yeah. Right. Mackenzie, on the other hand, is, it's Mackenzie, right? Yep. Yeah. Mackenzie, on the other hand, is just utterly delighted that yeah. Lainey has blown her <laughs> big shot big brother off. What is it? Uh, she kind of blew me off. I like her already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach feels like there must be some kind of a mistake. Yeah. Mackenzie's like, no, nah, dude, not everybody has to love you. Just because you love you doesn't mean everyone else has <laughs> to love you. Which is true. That's true. That's absolutely true. There's someone that I'm thinking of that doesn't understand why... So-and-so isn't just flocking to them or just, like, whatever. It it feels, like, subtler than, like, an Austin Powers or Zoolander sort of situation. Right. But just sort of like a, I don't get it, what's happening, what is happening here. Um, which is, it reminded me of something, but basically that's what, that is what is happening in this, in this minute. So maybe I'm thinking of literally this, so. You, you might be. I'm trying to think back through all of the other. Yeah, I. It's probably it's it'll maybe occur to me later. It could be a TV show. It could be uh, I a, feel a like movie it's or it's almost like a Kelso type of situation. Did it happen yeah. on that '70s show at some point? Could have, could have. It certainly it, that that's that's about the level of subtlety where it's like it's played for laughs, but also it's not like huge and cartoonish. Right, just sort of. Sort of cartoonish. It just so is who that character is yeah. that you're like, I mean, yeah, like yeah. this is funny because like, yeah, of course yeah. you think that. What? Yeah. What is happening? Um, I have a question. Yeah. Is it weird to you that Mackenzie is just like, I'm going to Ashley's, her brother's back and he's so cute. Like, is that a weird conversation for siblings to have? I never had conversations like that with my brother. I mean, yeah, I didn't have I I still barely have conversations with like that with my sister now. Well, you and your sister are like far enough apart in age. Yeah. But I'm saying like she she's no longer like in elementary school. Right, right. She I mean, she's she's dating someone and I'm still like, well, I'm not going to. Well, I'm kind of I'm 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 very, very special. I'm I joking. Know. <laughs> um, I don't really talk to any of my family about anything. <laughs> no, that's, I, I guess what I mean is like you and your sister are, because there is such an age difference, I can see yeah. how that would never have been something that you would have discussed. So yeah. like it would be almost weird to suddenly be like, hey, now that we're both grownups, you want to talk about like our dating lives? Right. Yeah. But I mean, like my brother and I were four years apart and in theory, I could have 
mentioned to him when I had a crush on somebody, but I never did. And I get the feeling that Mackenzie and Zach are like two years apart. Yeah. They're not, and maybe it's just the way she is. Maybe it's part of like the shock factor that she's going for in everything she does. Yeah. That she's like, Ashley's brother got kicked out of military school. He's so cute. Like, doesn't it feel like there should be another layer to that, though? Like, she's ribbing him about something, or she's being sarcastic about something. There's a level of irony missing if she honestly is saying, there's a boy, he's very cute. Or goodbye. maybe, maybe she just is always talking to everybody about how cute boys are. Right. Like, it could just be that that is a character trait that this is the first we're seeing of it, and it just feels weird because it's her brother. Yeah. Hey, let's forget to keep track of that as the movie goes on. Yes, let's. Um, for sure. I, if I recall, I don't think that, oh my God, he's so cute, is like a thing for her. Right, right. And this is something that I would never have noticed. Like, I never noticed this when I was younger, but now that I'm older... And actually, Mika had made a note when she beta read my manuscript about the way my main character and her teenage younger brother interact and like talk to each other. There's like this weird, they lost their parents. And so she's kind of now his mom, but she's also his sister. But there's also enough of an age difference that they're in like this weird space where they're more friends than anything. Sure. And so she's like, is this just how they talk to each other? Because I think it's kind of weird for him to be teasing her about thinking that this dude is hot. Right. And I'm like, I mean, maybe like for me, it's not weird, but between the two of them, but it is strange to me in this situation. Right. And I don't know why that is. Uh, Yeah. I think, yeah. Because, like, maybe maybe Zach should have had a reaction shot, like, to show what kind of... Because, like, it doesn't tell us anything about... It literally, it literally... It may as well say Mackenzie leaves pursued by Bear. Because... Right. It, it, she, does, she says it, and then she leaves, and it's like, so, so why? What? So what? Right. So, like, if Zach sits there looking like, what just happened? That tells us something about... This is a new type of exchange. And like, what is she doing? If he just rolls his eyes, then you're like, okay, well, Mackenzie must say this type of thing all the time. Right. Or if if she's like, um, he goes to military school, kind of like indicates hence why I'm wearing this. Right. Common interests. He's so cute. Hence common interests. Right. Like if it's a, if it's a, a conclusive It just feels, it feels thrown in. It feels like she, they were like, we don't want her in the scene anymore. (laughs) Right. And she could have just said, if mom and dad ask, I'm going to Ashley's. Yeah. It it feels to me like there were additional lines that got cut. Yeah. And somehow this one stayed in. I, here's a, here's how I would have done it. Here's a quick rewrite. Zach, Mackenzie, you home? Yeah, mom, we're in. Door hits like latch back because Mackenzie has left without saying anything. She's just gone. She's for sure. She's been getting ready this whole time. Zach looks away and she's gone. Like, may I offer a completely (laughs) alternate rewrite? Please, please do, please. If mom and dad ask, I'm going to I'm going to Ashley's. I thought you hated Ashley. Well, I do, but 
her brother just got kicked out of military school and he's super cute and I'm trying to piss off mom. Holy crap. That's that's headcanon. The, I don't know about the piss off mom. I like that. But headcanon I mean, is... I, I, th- I feel she, like that's the subtext. He just sure. got kicked out of military school and mom is going to be pissed if I hook up with him. Right. I love that historically Ashley is not a friend, but now she is a friend because she has a cute brother. That okay. would explain it too. If it was like, Ash, you know, it's like when Ashley, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I'm going to Ashley's. Like, if we had heard about Ashley before. Right. Then that would have meant. I, but now in my head canon is that she is a fair brother friend of Ashley's. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. I made a head canon. Yeah. Way to go. Good. Good. Very good job. Thanks. So then we meet the Siler adults. Yes. Harlan and Lois, which is like, woof. Yeah, yikes. Um, Harlan Seiler is played by Tim Matheson, it turns out. I didn't read register him as Tim Matheson in the scene he was in. I don't know who that is. Um, okay. I assume you're going to tell me about him, so... I'm going to tell you about him. I'm worried that I'm going to get through this and you're going to be like, I still don't know who that is. That is probably true. But let's let's find out together. So. Okay. The, his top three, he was Otter in Animal House, which... I have not seen you that. You have not seen that. I'll, he, he, there's a trivia piece about that later. Um, he was on The West Wing for 20 episodes. I did. I have seen episodes of The West Wing, but I have not watched it. I like the show a lot, but I have not watched yeah. it start to finish, so yeah. there's a very good chance that I have not seen him on it. He is Vice President John Hoynes on The West Wing. I would have thought okay. that I would have 20 thought episodes. On, yeah. Yeah. 20 so I must low, low, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it has to be that he's like a season seven. Oops. Someone didn't get elected or someone had a tax scandal or whatever. And he's basically the Gerald Ford or something. Cause 20, 20 episodes feels like. I feel like I'm looking over at my bookshelf. Like that's going to help <laughs> me at all. We used to have a DVD box set of the West Wing sitting yeah. on that bookshelf. Because it was like yeah. a really nice box. But yeah. I feel like Vice President John Hoynes was the vice president to Martin Sheen. Okay, yeah. And at some point, I mean, Martin Sheen was not the president for the entirety of that series. Oh, he wasn't. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure that la- no later on in the series, unless I'm getting confused about the show, but I'm pretty sure that a young, I don't know if he was... Latino or Native American, but like a, a young man of color. Oh, okay. Um, took over now, and now I'm picturing the vet on Heartland, and okay. wondering if that is in fact. I need to do a real quick IMDb real quick. I have sent you a picture of Tim Matheson in the face in the Facebook Messenger. Oh, okay. Let me pull up Messenger. Yeah, this just based on this picture, I'm gonna guess this was early West Wing. I don't know that this is from West Wing. Oh, okay. I just I just wanted to find a picture where he he, he didn't look remarkably old or remarkably young. <laughs> Cuz he's been in the business for fucking ever. Like Okay. He here's a picture of him when what looks like he he was born in 47 and he was acting by the 60s. Like he he was acting I mean he was a child actor. And he oh, is okay. still acting like, yeah, it looks like the so he wasn't in the pilot episode of the West Wing. Right. 
Which is one that I have, that I have seen. <laughs> right, yeah, same. Um, <laughs> oh, Dulé Hill was on The West Wing. Yeah. We probably I, covered that, and I have... I, mm-hmm. And I immediately forgot. Stockard Channing was on it. I forgot that. Yeah, she she was in like the she the was big... like the first lady. I just forgot. Yeah, nineteen episodes, ninety nine to two thousand six. So pretty early on. But for a long span of time. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Smits was mm. the president. Oh sure. He is not the face that I was picturing. In my head, I was definitely picturing the uh, the guy who plays the the veterinarian on Heartland. Gotcha. But he is that like the, his character's name was uh, last name was Santos, and there was definitely like a you know we've elected a, sure a not white person. Yeah, for sure. And Jimmy Jimmy Smith is uh, is I believe Latino. Yeah. Oh, well, now this is saying that Martin Sheen played President Josiah Bartlett in this particular episode that involves Matthew Santos. So maybe he was just running for president. I don't I don't know. There was like a, I remember there was like a, an actual debate on the West Wing where it was like it was an actual like honest to God. I think it was like Alan Alda versus perhaps Jimmy Smith. That makes sense. In a like debate style debate on primetime television (laughs) yeah okay so in so there's an episode in the last season of the west wing called transition where the president and president elect see foreign policy differently so i think that uh jimmy smith's character does get elected but i guess for the duration of the or for the majority of the series i guess uh martin sheen was the president interesting Hmm. i really do need to watch that whole show i really have loved the episodes that i've seen and i really like Same. aaron sorkin's stuff yeah me too so and i like almost like every cast member that i'm like oh that person's in it i get very excited so really yeah. i should just watch the west wing for sure for sure but this is not a podcast about the west wing this is not a podcast about the west wing um he was in 70 episodes of heart of dixie okay uh as Dr. Brick Breland, which is a fantastic name. It's a name for sure. It has that Berber. Um, and then my mind was blown because I was like, this can't possibly be a, a true thing. Do you know Johnny Quest? Do you, If I say Johnny Quest, do you know what that is? Is that an animated? Mm-hmm. Like a 60s. Like a Cartoon Network? Mm-hmm. Wait. It was, it was run on the Cartoon Network, but it was an old... Cartoon Network for sure. That's where I saw I'm it. I'm picturing Johnny something else. Jo- you're picturing uh, the like he does sort of like an Elvis thing. And he yes. has glasses. Yes. I'm picturing yeah. that one. Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. Bravo yes. Yeah. So Johnny Quest was basically like he and like his dad were adventurers and their his dad's like sidekick and his son were also on this like series of adventures. Okay. It was cool. It was like it ran for like two seasons or whatever in the 60s. Um, the Bike Brigade people probably would have very much been into Johnny Quest. Oh, okay. Anyways, Tim Matheson was the voice of Johnny Quest, oh. which blew my freaking mind. I was like, surely on some sort of adaptation. Nope. Original recipe. Well, I mean, I guess he was jo- in his 20s then. Oh, he, late, yeah. late teens, early 20s. Yeah, he would have been like 17, 18, which is, which is wild. Uh, he was also in Van Wilder. 
which he was in Van Wilder because he Otter was uh, an Animal House was a National Lampoon's movie and right. Van Wilder was a National Lampoon's movie. Right. And Van Wilder, Ryan Reynolds basically played a late 90s, early 2000s version of Otter. Okay. And so they had Tim Matheson be Van Wilder's dad as a joke of like, we get that this is basically the same character. Right. Okay. Um, he was in five episodes of Burn Notice as Larry Sizemore. And I mentioned that only because um, what is Burn Notice? And Burn um, Notice was a USA oh, show. It, there's a there's an SNL sketch uh, about a game show called What is Burn Notice? Oh, um, and that's uh, yeah, I, it was on USA. And I like I saw previews galore of it um, when I watched Psych for sure. Yeah, the the main chick in it is the same actress who starred in Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. And yes. as far as I am aware, I realize she's probably done other things, but those are the only two things that I know of that she has done. I think that that is uh, completely correct in canon. And with like 25 years in between or something. Mm-hmm. So like, mm. wow, just. Yeah. W- what a weird jump. You, you uh, do Wild Hearts uh. Camp. Oh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, also, yeah. <laughs> Um, he was also the bad guy in a very Brady sequel. Okay. He was uh, the good guy in Black Sheep. He was Chris Farley's brother who was running for governor, president, mayor, senator. I don't know. But Chris Farley was taking... Black t- Sheep. So. I saw that in the theater with my mom. Oh. And it was good. But then Florence Henderson, who played Carol Brady, mm-hmm. uh, said the F word oh. in the movie. And I was like, I gave my mom like a side eye like, we're still cool, right? And then we just didn't talk about it. He was in three separate Batman cartoon shows. Okay. Playing different characters. Batman the Animated Series, Batman the Brave and the Bold, and the new Batman Adventures. Okay. I have to imagine that Tim Matheson loves Batman. So that's that's something. Fun fact about Tim Matheson, can't stand Batman, just likes paychecks. Oof. That is a... He works hard for the money. He was also in the Apple Dumpling Gang Strikes Again. Have you ever seen either Apple Dumpling Gang movie? Yes. Right? Yes, question mark is exactly my experience with both of those movies. I have for sure seen them. Yeah. Don I have Knotts. no idea. Don Knotts and Tim Conway is the other yes. guy. In the second one, Tim Matheson is like a Civil War military guy. I don't know what he plays. I don't, I don't know why he's there. I don't know which of them <sighs> I have seen. I think I've probably yeah. only seen one. And I think I it's think probably the first one, but maybe probably. I've seen the second one. I don't remember. I have to think. My, my brain is telling me that in the second one, they have to break out of jail after having gone to jail in the first one. Okay. But that's just a guess. And then he was, uh, he played Mike Beardsley in Yours, Mine, and Ours, the uh, Lucille Ball, Henry Fonda version, not the Dennis Quaid other one that Kristen would be yelling at me if I couldn't remember version from I have from not the... heard of that movie in either iteration, so... It's basically like, what if Brady Bunch, but more kids? Oh. Yeah. And it's based on a true... St- nope, that's true. That's true, but it doesn't. Yeah. It's basically like, there's two military... Like, the mom is a is a is like a Navy bride, and he's a widower and also a commander of a aircraft carrier or whatever. Okay. So they have all these kids... And they get married, and then it's like, can they make it work? Anyways, Tim Matheson is in that, and he met his future wife on the set of that. Oh. I think she played the oldest daughter of the other family. Oh. <laughs> like, the, like he, they played step-siblings. Oh, okay. Of, about the same age, and they got married then later Aww. on, 
which is kind of nice. Cute. First wife is a rough way to be like, oh, that's. I mean, it's kind of cute, and then I guess something you know. Wasn't things so happen. cute about it, but you know that's yeah. fine. Uh, trivia: When he originally auditioned for Animal House, the producers wanted him to play one of the no-nonsense, straight-laced Omegas, who were the bad guys. But he adamantly refused, saying, I'm tired of playing it straight and sought a role as one of the hard-partying, fun-loving Deltas. He succeeded and got the role of Otter, one of the most fun-loving Deltas of the whole film. Also, he's basically like their leader. And okay. it's great. Um, which is cool. So way to take your life by the by the reins there, Tim yeah, Matheson. You know what? I I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's cool. It's especially cool when someone who has done, like, 20... 15 years of like sort of I'm the handsome one right (laughs) it's like I want to be the one that is getting in trouble and still handsome (laughs) yeah there's an anecdote about the Wizard of Oz where Mm. um I can't remember his name but the guy who played the scarecrow originally Mm -hmm. was supposed to play the tin man yeah and then basically argued his way into playing the scarecrow because he just liked the role better i guess yeah and so then they cast buddy ebsen who then got very ill from the makeup and so then they had to recast the role and that one always kind of like sat like i love the scarecrow but it always kind of soured me on the scarecrow yeah a little bit because i'm like don't argue your way into like no i don't like this role you like i don't know i as an actor i was told you take the role you're offered or you don't, right. but you don't argue right. your way into a different role. And I realized that movie casting, like he probably didn't bump someone else out of the role of the scarecrow. Right. But this feel that feels different from like Tim Matheson being like, you know what? I would really rather not play. Like I'm not going to play the role that you have offered me. Right. Because exactly. I'm tired of always being typecast. Right. Exactly. That feels different. Right. Ray Bolger. Ray Ray Bolger. I knew it was Ray something. I kept thinking Bradbury and knowing that was wrong. Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Ray Romano. Who was the guy who who did end up playing the Tin Man? If you have it open already still. If not. Tin Man. Oz. Jack Haley. That's right. I probably would have eventually gotten there but it may have taken many hours so it's for the well, best that you googled it i think that's that yeah that we we saved some we saved some time yeah also right. feel free to cut the wizard of oz and me googling the west wing and talking ad nauseum about it parts of yeah this we'll, episode. F- we'll figure that out we'll figure that out all right so that's that's harlan seiler now let's do the much less prolific uh lois seiler um, played by Patricia Charbonneau, which is uh, one of my new favorite last names mm-hmm. for sure. Her top three, she played K-C-A-Y, Rivers with two Vs. I don't like that. <laughs> like any of that. Uh, in Desert Hearts, which was a 1985 movie. Okay, so the name plus the title does make me think that it was like a harlequin cowboy romance that got made into a movie it it sounds that way to me too but i also saw it on a list of like lgbtq oh movies so maybe it's Wait, that back but, in the 80s? but with yeah oh i, I could be wrong but yeah but i think i saw it on on a list of, of those which okay. is kind of cool too 
she was she played a character named Mrs. Sherman in Manhunter from 1986. And the only reason why that is um, that stood out to me is because that was the first movie that they made about Hannibal Lecter. Oh, which was so this book was based on Red Dragon, the first Hannibal Lecter book. And then five years later, they made Silence of the Lambs with Anthony Hopkins in that role. Okay. And then they, in 2002, they made Red Dragon again and called it Red Dragon and had Anthony Hopkins in it. Okay, so this was basically the throwaway Hannibal Lecter movie that nobody talks about. Because, because it didn't have Anthony Hopkins in it, and also they named it something weird. Yeah, it, I think because I, I have a feeling that in 1986, if you called something Red Dragon, one, Red Communist, sure. two... Dragon, where's the kung fu? Right. I have to imagine is the is the is the thinking there. That's I don't want to say fair or understandable, but I I do see the yeah I I see the connections that happen there, and I don't I don't have to like them to yeah, see them. Exactly, and the guy who plays the main guy on the original CSI, it's what I recognize him from. Okay, is 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 the like. I think probably he's the guy that trains Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs, but he's the investigator in this one. Okay. And then Hannibal Lecter is played by the guy. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna jog your UFO brain. Okay. The dad in the autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, okay. Yeah, Brian something. I am not bringing a face to mind and could not yeah. pick him out of a lineup if yeah. you held me at gunpoint to do so, but. I do remember there being yeah. a dad. Like there were two characters. Yeah. There were there were basically two. Well, there were two three characters, but one of them was a corpse question mark. So there were two characters in that movie, and yeah. I remember that one of them was the dad. Yeah, and he is sort of a husky kind of yeah. like sturdy man. Yeah, unlike Anthony Hopkins in in how I picture Anthony Hopkins, which is kind of interesting too. Sure. Brian Cox. Brian Cox Brian is that Cox. guy's name. Okay. I, th I think. We're going to say it's Brian Cox. So then uh, this is her number two movie, uh, her number three movie. Uh, she was also in her, her first appearance and the uh, she was in TV shows, one episode here, one episode there. Okay. But her first appearance and the only other thing I said that she was in, I really wish we could get a copy of this. It was called Mystery Quest, colon, Many Roads to Murder. She played Tracy Lowe in this laser disc mystery where you put in the laser disc and there are 16 different endings depending on what you pick and how you pick which chapters and stuff. Late 1983 laser disc mystery. Listeners Many roads to murder. see how high my eyebrows are right now, but they are like on the back of my head. They have raised so high. I yeah. don't know how we would even watch that but boy do i want to surely we know somebody with a laser disc player oh yeah i guess you, youtube would be unhelpful in this one situation because it's a laser disc so that has choices so you can't right. just watch the thing but hey when we make it rich we're going to buy the yule brothers a laser disc player and a many roads to murder um just as like a random present we might not even have to make it rich <laughs> How much are Laserdisc players? I don't know. Hold on. You know, I picture Laserdisc as what if a record but a CD and far more fragile in every way is my recollection of a Laserdisc. Laserdisc player on eBay. Like 150 to 200. 
That's not horrible. It's not horrible. This one, there is a Philips multi-laser disc player working and 12 <laughs> Disney laser discs, including Toy Story and Hocus Pocus and the Santa Claus for 70 bucks. Multi-laser disc player is one of the most extravagant, like, right? hedonistic... <laughs> Not only do I have a laser disc player. It plays multiple laser discs. I have 12 of them in one. Yeah. I mean, for under 200 bucks, we could get the Yule Brothers no. laser. I don't think we need to make it rich. Okay, if, fair. Like, we don't, need, we don't need to, like, suddenly become, like, the next McElroy's to be able right. to make this happen. We might want to become, right. like, we might need to hit, like, overdue levels. Sure. Right. Yeah. I bet they can buy laser disc players for just anyone they want. They could probably buy as many laser disc players as they wanted, but it Ugh. wouldn't be like. But they wouldn't. They could. Right. Right. But they would be like, it's no. Like I think one option. multi-laser disc player is probably right. enough. Where the McElroys probably just have a room full of laser disc players. Ugh. It's like it's wallpapered with laser disc players that work. Right. Which is fun. Yep. So then the trivia about her is that she is the youngest of ten children. That's. A lot of children. It, yeah, it is a lot of children. As, the, as a sure. parent of two children, that is, yeah. I, I, I would argue that 10 is too many. I would bet that around number five, they start raising themselves. Or each other. Depending on how you, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, yeah. like oldest becomes new mom yeah. or dad. But and then you just sort of pass that on down. The, the noise level. Yeah. Like just yeah. so loud all the time for so many years. Maybe they lived on a farm or in t in 10 separate houses. That sounds ideal. <laughs> so those are the parents. Those we are barely the parents. see the mom. And when we barely basically see the dad, he just checks on Zach's application to Dartmouth. Yes. And is concerned that he hasn't heard from any of the universities that he's applied to. Uh, I did look up Dartmouth for this minute, but maybe we should move it to next minute? I don't, I mean, if, if you th don't have a whole lot for next minute, then... Uh, let's just do, Dartmouth is, Dartmouth is one of the quicker ones. Okay. All right, so Dartmouth is a private Ivy League research university in Hanover, New Hampshire. It was established in 1769 by, by Eliezer Wheelock. And despite being established in 1769, it is the ninth oldest institution of higher education in the U.S. Um, and one of the nine colonial colleges chartered before the American Revolution. Okay. It was initially founded as a school to educate young Native Americans in Christian theology, gross, and liberal arts. Oh. I, that's fine, I guess, the liberal arts part. They're like film school, but in the 18th century. 18th century Jesus film school for yeah. Native Americans. Yeah, fun, super, super cool America rules. It's one of those where you're like, oh, it was a school for, like specifically for Native Americans to educate them. That's cool. In Jesus. Well, right. less was, cool. And the liberal arts. <laughs> okay. About Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well. Noted uh, Native American brainwashing school, Dartmouth, right. uh, was founded in. <laughs> that, I mean. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it primarily trained Congregationalist ministers and I don't know what that means Throughout its early history Before it gradually secularized Which means no more ministers I suppose Less Jesus Emerging at the turn of, of the 20th century From relative obscurity Into national prominence Which I'm like Hey, good job Dartmouth Yeah You made it You popped into the 20th century Like, hey, what's up? It's me, Dartmouth You managed to turn it around And not be quite as gross Probably Probably Yeah some quick alumni, Fred Rogers went there from 1946 to 1948 and then transferred away. Oh. 
because Fred Rogers is like, you don't, you don't train ministers anymore. Bye. <laughs> Meryl Streep uh, went there as an exchange student, to which I put exchange student question mark. And then in the next minute, my question was answered, oh. which is cool. Shonda Rhimes went there and so did Meredith Grey. So like, you know, just okay. how writing works and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mindy Kaling went there. Uh, Connie Britton went there. Okay. And uh, Trapper John went there. So the like, actor who played Trapper the, the, John. No, the character Trapper John oh. went oh. or went to Dartmouth. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. A guy so, I met at a bar once went to Dartmouth. Well, cool. Was he cool or no? Mm, the guys he was with were cool. He was oh, okay. fine, I guess. On a scale of Native American brainwashing to Mister Rogers, where would you put Closer him? Closer to Mister Rogers, like in general, oh, cool. the whole group was like. Pretty chill. Kind of nice boys. Yeah, yeah, like they were. They were. They were a little bit older too. This was like right after college, and they mm. were. It was like a bachelor party. They were like mid twenties. Oh, cool. They, cool. Like they, they were. They were really nice guys. Um, Good and Excellent. and not not creepy and gross at all. He was probably the. He was one of the creepier, grosser ones in the group. But like on a scale of one to five, creepy gross. He was like a two and a half while the others were right. like a one. So. He's the real freak of his friend group of upstanding yes. valedictorians. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that is all I have for this minute. Uh, tune in tomorrow for more college talk with James and Aaron. Mm-hmm. But for now, shall I do social media? Sure. If you want a break from talking, I can do it. Let's let's have why don't you why don't you do it okay. and then yeah all right so we as a podcast franchise are on Twitter at je underscore minute movies individually we are on Twitter I am at unabashedly Aaron and I am at unabashed James we are proud members of the Scavengers Network on Twitter at Scavengers Net and on the internet at large at scavengersnetwork.com. Before we leave, I did, uh, this seems like actually the appropriate minute to do, I did look up where Anna Paquin and Freddie Prince Jr. went to college. Oh. Uh, Anna Paquin went to Columbia. Okay. And Freddie Prince Jr. moved to L.A. after high school to act. So, so he did not go to college. He did not attend college. Did racially cook? So I didn't get there because I got distracted. Oh, okay. Rachel. I was like, why did you not look up the other star of this movie, James? I for sure intended to, and then I couldn't find Freddie Prince Jr.'s, and then I was like, oh, wow, he didn't he didn't go. That's wild. And then I stopped. You know, I think maybe she didn't go to college either. I mean, she was like a teen actor, so she wouldn't yeah. need to. She, yeah, she was, she started auditioning for acting work at age 14. She attended Clara Barton Open School, Laurel Springs School, and Minneapolis South High School, because she is from Minneapolis. I'm sure I covered that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks like looks like she graduated from high school and sounds like moved to L.A. even before that. And okay, <laughs> so, yeah, our leads, no college, our uh, our rebellious teen uh, New Zealand Canadian Columbia. So cool. All yeah. right. Well, for more college talk, as James said, come back tomorrow. And in the meantime, just be nice to people. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused.
treasured content.